I got to rattle off a date for you. Okay. Tell me what you remember about this date. November 15th, 2015. I'll give you a little hint. It was a Sunday. It was a Sunday, <laughs> November 15th, 2015. Man, uh, obviously last year, I'm not, uh, nothing's ringing a bell. That's good. You have a short memory. <laughs> yeah. So is this a bad thing? This was is that the, the last time you missed a field goal? The last time I missed a kick. Okay. <laughs> we start with the hot stuff. There here. we go. Yeah. Um, I, it, look, and I say that uh, because, well, first of all, it was a 52-yarder. Yeah. It was against the Lions. No. Um, do you remember anything about that now that I bring it up? I do now, yes. Uh, you know, I, I was... I kind of had an inkling that might have been what it was, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I try to I try to move on from those pretty quick. But uh, yeah, that was you know obviously uh, disappointing, you know, not to be able to capitalize in, in that situation, especially after you know how we came back, got the onside, all the things. Like I mean, felt as good as I ever do on any kick, and uh, you know that one just uh, came off weird, and you know it. Uh, didn't work that time. Well, and the reason I bring that up, it's not to, to harken back on a, on a bad memory, although yeah. I think we just did that Thanks for bit. starting on that, yeah. <laughs> but it's more, I guess, to speak about the level of consistency and where you are now and that everything just seems automatic, right? I mean, you must feel that, too, as a player, that level of confidence where it's going in. Yeah, you know, I've... Uh I feel like my process right now, just how I, I work through the off season, detail my work, uh, you know, building into the season, just every every detail, every week, and I, I write down in my in my journal after every game, like the the positives, the good things that I did uh, in the previous week and in the game, and then just always end with as I'm moving into the into the next opponent, into the next game, just be better this week than I was the week before, and just always. Always striving to find one little thing I can do a little bit better, work on during the week, uh, something to just drive me forward every every time. Because uh, I mean, I've I've played this game for a long time, I've kicked for a long time, and uh, if you if you're not seeking something and like trying to improve every every day, then uh, then it gets a little monotonous, and you can kind of get some complacency and things like that. So uh, I, I try to strive to to find those things, and uh, feel like I've done a good job. And unfortunately. When I look at a kick like that now, so missing missing that kick, unfortunately it was to win the game. Uh, that kick was just my next kick, so I, I really take them as these compartmentalized. You know, each kick I just I hope that miss doesn't fall on one. You know that that comes at the end of a game. I know uh, that sounds a little, you know, a little goofy because it's like I know what the situation is, but I I really try to compartmentalize where. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to execute my my plan, my process every time, and and try to be successful every time I take the field. So you have a journal that you write in after every game. Yeah. So yeah. how long have you been doing that? Man, I just uh, well, I just changed into a new one. I'd had uh, kind of been going front and back pages for for the last couple of years, and and one, and uh, kind of read back over it every training camp, and actually. Uh, the one I had, uh, I had uh, some notes from 2012 in, so I was uh, I was reading through that and just kind of like, man, how how some things have changed, some things kind of stay the same, but uh, you know, just really, you, know, you you can kind of see where my mind was, you know, the the wording, you know, like you know, searching for some things or doing some different uh, stuff, and now it's just literally a. A very concise, you know, detailed, uh, you know, process that I do every week. You mentioned 2012. Um, your percentage that year was 63.6. It was the worst in your career. Yeah. 
you followed it up the next year with the best kicking percentage of your career. Yeah. Something worked along <laughs> the way. So uh, what did you pull from that? I mean, is this kind of when you started, just kind of documenting everything and just you mentioned searching, trying to find ways to, to correct it? I mean, this 2012 will go down as a blip on the radar in a marvelous career. But at the time, it probably felt like the walls were caving in. <laughs> yeah, it did. You know, and I'm uh, I'm thankful for 2012 all the time because I think that uh, I'm thankful to the Packers. I'm thankful thankful to have had the opportunity to continue kind of working through some of those tough times. Um, you know, fortunately, we were winning games <laughs> in, in that stretch where I was missing some kicks, but. Uh, yeah, I uh, I draw from that a lot, and um, you know, I, I I'm very I'm I'm much more proactive now than I think I I had been in the in the past. Even early in my career, there was always times where it was uh, you know you'd, you'd be re- I'd be reactionary to certain things. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd find myself saying, "Oh man, that I didn't like how I did this or this," you know, and then then trying to find something that you know yes could correct that. Now I'm I'm much more proactive. Uh, in in the football side of it, uh, but the biggest thing that I drew from 2012 was what what do I strive to be as a teammate, as a you know as a friend, as a as a husband, as a son, like all those relational things that uh, that mean so much more than you know. Sometimes we get wrapped up in this game, you know, and it's just like football, football, football. That's all. Uh, that's all that matters. That's all we focus on, and uh, I, I was getting lost in that. And I think 2012 opened my eyes back up to what, what is the most important thing in all of this? Like the game. I love playing football, and I had to kind of, you know, refine that love of, for the game. And through that, I, I developed stronger better relationships than you know i I probably ever had so um you know i I really invested in my you know in my family and my in my friendships and and things like that and uh, i'm so thankful for that you know every day i'm like all right what can i do what can i do today to try to be a better teammate be a better husband be a better you know son and uh you know i i just search for that and try to try to do that all the time was your faith a big part of getting through that as well it was, yeah, and you know, it was uh, it was never tested, you know, as a sense like, oh man, where, where's God in this? Where's that? You know, but it was like, you know, I, I I had to I had to definitely lean on it and say, man, like if if this is if if this is just kind of the end end of the road for me, like what what's that going to look like? And I think that kind of uh, you know that was a positive moment, and at the time it. it it felt a little negative. It felt, you know, it felt hard and felt, uh, you know, trying. But uh, it was a, it was a very positive thing, um, and, you know, after the fact because I definitely grew stronger in my faith. I found uh, found that, you know, I can I can do a lot of great things. Uh, not only like not only on the football field, but like in in life and with relationships and, and helping other people and. Uh, and I just uh, I found a peace. I, I just have a peace in my in my heart uh, just to go out and, and love to love to play football and uh, love what it, it allows me to do in the community and allows me to do uh, you know with this uh, with this short life we have. And uh, 
that uh, that perspective and that that mindset uh, helps me to go out every week and every Sunday and uh, just just cut it loose and, and enjoy this opportunity. You mentioned some of your friends uh, that helped you along the way. Um, it's certainly your family, and uh, you got an outstanding family. Uh, three kids who. Do they, do they understand what what daddy does for a job? I know no one's your oldest. No one's one. starting to. Yeah, he's getting six old. Is he now? He's six. six. Yeah, so he's in kindergarten, and okay. uh, you know they wear they wear, get to wear Packers stuff on Fridays, and you know it's, is uh, he sporting the number two? He'll throw on the jersey. Yeah, and um, you know he's it's awesome. It's awesome having kids and then being able to do play this game with uh, you know and and kind of bring your children up through it it's it's difficult at times too but uh he uh he's starting to really enjoy it and uh it's cool whenever he's like your son tells you he was like he was like proud of you or you know he thought it was awesome something you did (laughs) it's like and then he usually you know touches on jordy you know says like jordy did this or you know aaron you know had a grand he's like why why don't you play quarterback dad you know (laughs) those types of things but because that's i'll give you a little insight to nolan and i'm you know i'm I'm trying to work on him. I, he, he's got, he wants to play quarterback, but he also wants to be a punter. And I'm like, sure, you don't want to be a kicker, Nolan? He's like, no, I like punting. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll keep working on him, though. So he's six years old. Yeah. Uh, he, he's starting to get it, what, what Daddy does. Um, but he's also starting to get involved, I'm sure, too, yeah. uh, as, as your kids will do. And you're, you're an active, you're an involved father. Uh, can you be this coach in, in things? Do you, do you get involved that way in, in, in supporting him in, in soccer or football or whatever he's doing? Yeah, you know, I've actually, uh, gosh, the last couple summers, um, I've, I've coached his soccer team. So uh, I love I love coaching. I, I remember, you know, when I'm growing up, my, my dad was my coach until I got into, like, club soccer and, uh, you know, more more competitive stuff. And, yeah, it's it's a special that's just so special to be able to coach your kid and uh and it's difficult because because mm-hmm. uh he's he's a he's a good little athlete and uh you know i i you know i expect a little bit you know more it's whenever it's your kid you're like you know you want him to be on his best behavior you want him to listen the best and do all those things and you know, i have to always look over at, at molly and you know she'll just be like you know <laughs> slow it down <laughs> just a little bit i'm like all right yeah you're right like because i try not to be I try not to be one of those parents or one of those uh, coaches that's, you know, I mean, he's six years old. I'm not going to be super intense. It's just like, let's, let's learn the game. Let's go out and have fun. I am pushing him, trying to get him to, you know, play some soccer because I, I love the game of soccer. But uh, he is, he is stuck, on, stuck on football right now. He really wants to play, uh, you know, play some flag football and play some, uh, some football there. But he loves football and baseball. Might get him into hockey, you know. This uh, this winter, you know, we we are in Wisconsin, so <laughs> you might as well might as well embrace that, and uh, you know, see if he can't skate around, and um, you know, and 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 that's fun. I just uh, I, I really enjoy being involved and uh, doing as much as I can, and we're so fortunate in the off season. I can, you know, I can I can do that in the evenings. I can go and uh, and help coach and and be a part of it. Was there a point for you, Mason, where? Did soccer turn into football, or you know what I mean? I'm assuming soccer came first, just the way yeah. youth programs are designed. Uh, but when did that kind of turn into football? You know, obviously, uh, I well, I grew up in Texas, so um, everyone's always surprised when I said I, I was able to play both. But um, you know, in high school, I, I played 
I played until my junior year of high school. I played soccer and football uh, at the same time. So football would be in the fall. And then as soon as football ended, I would transition over to soccer, which was a bit of a grind, especially in the in the spring because uh, I'm playing soccer, running crazy, and then I'm training for, for the next football season. So it was like – it was a, definitely a, a difficult time. But, uh, yeah, I – I, I love. I'm passionate about the game of soccer. I watch. You know, I love the U.S. national teams and uh, really try to follow them. Uh, I'm a I'm a Liverpool supporter for the you know the uh, Premier League and uh, you know it's gotten to know uh, some some people from from that area and uh, you know some some actually youth teams came into my came to my hometown for multiple years and got to know them and they were all. The majority of them were Liverpool. You know, there'd be that rogue like Chelsea or Man U <laughs> supporter, and they'd all give them, you know, give them a hard time. But uh, yeah, I I love the game, and uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, I I transition like you said though to go back to that. Uh, soccer was my first sport. Uh, played that, played everything, played baseball, basketball, and then uh, and then didn't really I didn't play competitive football until middle school. So. Growing up in Texas, um, near Austin, right yeah. in the shadows of the University of Texas, Mac Brown was the head coach yeah. uh, when you were transitioning out of high school. How did you get out of Texas without playing for UT, right? <laughs> right in your backyard. How did they let you get away, I guess is the better question. Yeah, so just a you know, little story on that was uh, I went to a like a UT kicking camp, and so went to the camp, actually kicked in front of Mac Brown and you know, some of the, the coaches there, and um, – I think they, I think they liked me, and they were they were watching. Uh, but they had a, I think Dusty Mangum was a junior at the time, and uh, and and at that point they weren't they weren't really in the business of scholarshiping kids out of high school uh, for the kicking position. So they were they were more all right preferred walk on, come in, prove yourself, and then we you know we'll give you a scholarship down the line. And uh, a week later, I went to Colorado and did the same thing actually it was working out with doing some db drills because i played other positions in high school and uh now i look over and another kid another guy's kicking and i'm like all right i'm i'm not gonna play defensive back here in colorado like can i go over there and kick and uh, yeah go ahead and so I, I went over had a great uh, great workout and actually coach barnett uh pulled my mom was there with me and pulled us up to his office and offered me a scholarship you know on, on the right spot there. yeah so i still remember that day you know so vividly uh you know he took me up to the office and you know, we were talking and you know he offers me and just my mom crying you know it was just kind of this it was a really it was an emotional thing it was it was so so wild and uh and then i just remember kind of the the stuff after the fact, you know, UT uh, at that time they, you know, they couldn't call, they couldn't do anything. But uh, I think there was like you could email or something, and so I get an email like, you know, we heard, and I'm like, how did you hear that? I, that I got a scholarship offer from Colorado, and then uh, they uh, they said just wait, don't give an answer. We want to see how you do in your senior year, see how our guy does. Maybe you know something will happen. I'm like, I have a full ride offer from Colorado. If you can't, you know, if we can't come up with something there, then uh, then uh, I'm going to take that. And and, I, and Coach Barnett was awesome. And I I, I took his scholarship there to Colorado, and uh, and the rest is history. So you never look back. Uh, yeah, right? I, I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity. I got a lot of really great opportunities to kick some, you know, some long field goals, some big kicks there, at Colorado. Obviously at UT, they won a national championship, so that would have been cool. But uh, it would have just uh, 
you know, at that time they were just scoring so many touchdowns. I, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. So. Well, you ultimately were drafted then um, in, in the sixth round. Do you, do you remember your draft class? Yes, I do. Um, Can you name them in order? In order. Oh, gosh. So first was – that was Justin Harrell, right? Was Correct. Mine? Yeah. If I had a bell, I'd ding the bell. That's right. Then Brandon Jackson. Then James Jones. Is that right? Correct. Fourth. Man, I can't remember who was in there. I Safety. Know. Safety. Who was the? Aaron Rouse. Rouse, yeah, yeah, Aaron Rouse. Big, tall guy. Yeah, he's, uh, he could hit. And then was he fourth round or fifth round? He was, uh, he was the fourth pick. Yeah. And then there were a few more ahead of you. Yeah, well, I know. So there were three six-round picks in a row that yep. I went. And so it was uh, it was Corey Hall, Desmond Bishop, and me. Uh, and then Clark Harris was seventh round, right? Uh, Deshaun Wynn. Deshaun number Wynn. Seven, and uh, somewhere in between there was Alan Barber. Alan Barber, yes. So, yeah, I remember all the names. I couldn't remember the order. of. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I couldn't remember a couple of them, but... We still uh, we still talk talk about Barber around here. <laughs> Aaron will just yell out Barber at some, you know, randomly sometimes. Well, I, it gets to me. The reason I bring that up is, you know, you're going on a decade playing in the National Football League. You know, a lot of the guys that we just mentioned are out of the league. Yeah. Um, and a guy like James Jones, who was a contributor here last year, uh, is looking for work. Uh, it's tough to make it in this league. It's tough to do the things that you do. But then I look at a guy like Adam Vinatieri, who's 43, yeah. and he's made 41 consecutive field goals. Yeah. I mean, it, it, do you want to play that long? Would you, would you want to stay into your 40s kicking Man. footballs? Well, we were, uh, I was just talking to uh, someone this morning about that because, obviously, it was all over uh, you know, about Vinatieri hitting 41 consecutive kicks. I mean, it's, that's unreal. And he has, I think, his average attempts like at 43 yards or something like that. So... To be able to do it at that high a level, um, you know, at, at 43, I, I think about playing 10 more years at this point, and it's like that, that seems, you know, far out there. Um, like I said before with my process with how I do things, it's, it's one day, one game, one week at a time right now, and uh, I'm just, uh, just kind of focused on that. But, um, yeah, my dream, my dream is to play – you know, as long as I can, I'm going to just, uh, I'm trying to keep myself as healthy as possible, uh, mind and body and, uh, just go out every day and, and enjoy what I get to do. So, um, yeah, I, I'd love to, I'd love to try to, you know, play, you know, play into my forties. That would be awesome. I was just thinking, you know, if I make it, you know, gosh, Nolan six, like it'd be crazy to think that I could play, you know, while he's in high school, you know, some, yeah. someday that would, uh, that would be unreal. And, uh, that's what it would be. You know, obviously if I, if I played 10 more years, he'd be in, be a sophomore in high school. And, uh, that would just be, that'd be really cool. But, uh, right now I'm focused on this year and then, uh, and then we'll kind of keep stacking those and, uh, and see what happens. There's a lot of locker room turnover, obviously. And, uh, throughout your time here, you had a lot of good friends that you've yeah. made, good relationships. Um, but uh, Tim Mastay no longer punting for the Packers. I know that was hard for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that hard for you? Yeah, it was real hard. Uh, you know, going back to 2012, him and and Brett obviously were uh, you know, two of the guys that just you know, were were those relationships, those guys that you know helped me get through that and then you know move into 2013 and really uh you know improve uh on that past year and uh 
can't uh, can't ask for two two better guys there, and a, a guy like Tim, um, you know, miss him every day. Obviously, it's uh, fortunately this business a lot of lot of friends, a lot of you know different things that have transitioned uh, over the years. I I'm always thankful to continue to be here, but uh, you know, sad when those guys uh, those guys have to leave, and uh, you know, I just. Yeah, I, I think about him all the time, and I, I know he's he's working hard, hoping for another shot somewhere. And uh, you know, he's he's down there in Kentucky, getting to spend some time with his uh, his newborn. So you know, he had a uh, new baby this uh, this summer, and you know, he's he's in the same boat as I am now with three kids <laughs> running around like crazy. And I know he's always focused on uh, he's always getting you know continue his education, always trying to you know sharpen his his mind and uh, and can continue to grow. And so. I think, uh, regardless of what happens with him, you know, on the football field, he's gonna, you know, he's he's got a bright future ahead of him as far as uh, you know, whatever whatever he wants to do. I feel like sometimes Mason specialists, they they kind of get the raw end of the deal, right? In some ways, okay. Now I'm sure at the time when you know two days were happening during training <laughs> camp, you know, everybody's looking at the kickers saying, "Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. what what are we doing? What are they doing?" Uh, but you never get to hear your name announced in front of the crowd running out of the tunnel, I right? I mean, can't, can't there be a provision to get the specialists to align to the defense or something? Yeah, I know. I yeah, well, yeah, I don't even get starts. So I mean, <laughs> right. I, you know, which I, I've always been a little curious about that when I kick the ball off to start the game. I'm like, I You're mean, the first I, I technically to started this one, but yeah, I mean, that's you know, that's just kind of that's that's what uh, that's what we take, and that's what you know, I. I enjoy I enjoy all the you know the back and forth uh, you know the guys yeah they, they give us a hard time whether we're you know working whether we're doing whatever you know we're I'm right next to the guys working out in the weight room and they're just like oh take the day off you know and I'm like oh, all right yeah but but it is what it is so you know it's uh you know they they understand like I think we all understand deep down it's like I I couldn't go out there and 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 block you know a defensive lineman they couldn't go out there and kick a you know 50 yard field goal if they needed to so uh we all kind of play that role and uh and and I think whenever we're when we're rolling and we're doing great we're all just embracing that and then and going and and having fun I mean if they weren't giving me a hard time, then I don't think, uh, you know, you'd feel like they just didn't care. They, they didn't want you around. You know, it's like, hey, at least, you know, at least they see me. You know, I'm I'm here, you know. Yeah. So I'm not just like, oh, who cares? So a typical work week, though, for you, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, we always hear about meetings, right? And it's posted in the locker room, the meeting schedule and what travel schedule. And it's all right there. Yeah. Is your week a little different or are your meetings just not quite as long? I mean, how is it? How's it? You know, that's pretty out. much it. Yeah, just uh, you know, whenever they break into group and individual meetings, I mean, we we break out of so we, you know, normal day we'll come in eight o'clock special teams meeting, then it's like an eight forty or eight fifty team meeting, and uh, just depending on the day, and then so we'll do that about ten minutes, and then they'll break into individual and group meetings, uh, offense and defense, and we'll go and meet with Zook. For about five ten minutes. I mean, hope none of them are listening. Cause, but it, I mean, they all know it. But uh, yeah, so we'll we'll just meet for you know as long as if we need to watch you know the day before practice or you know just kind of talk about you know what the the next couple of days look like. But ultimately, I mean, watch film on our own. What you know, kind of just make sure we're we're ready to go, and then uh, and then we yeah. You know, it's it's a little. You know, it's it's not always the best whenever we're like coming out of the hot tub or something, and they're like <laughs> transitioning in between meetings. We try to try to slide, you know, and sneak that around. But uh, 
yeah, it's it, it is it's a good gig. It's a good life, uh, you know. But but at the same time, it takes uh, it does take kind of a mental focus, a kind of sharpness to be able to have some of that extended time off and then turn it on and you know be able to go out and practice and and be sharp uh you know when we're called upon and and so i almost kind of look at the the week and all that that process as this is kind of a microcosm of a game because i mean there's times in a game where i'll kick off and then i won't you know i won't kick for 20 30 minutes you know and then it's like so you we have to have that mental you know capacity to just all right you know, stay calm, stay settled, and then go out and perform whenever you're called on it. When was the last time you were really hollered at by a coach? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, fortunately, it hasn't been a while. Um, man, yeah, Coach Coach McCarthy's gotten me a couple times where it's just, you know. Just I, during I know the game it. or on the sideline? During or? a game, you know, and it's like, I mean, when I hit a ball, like, on a kickoff or you, you, know, you miss a kick, it's like, I mean, I I know I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so there's that that where you kind of look to the sideline, you see you know where they are, and you kind of try to take a path, you know, <laughs> path to the side. And um, I still remember, I still remember one of the worst was Coach McCarthy. I kicked kicked the ball off that I just kind of miss it a little bit from what we were trying to do. And it was when Percy Harvin was with the Vikings, and it was like obviously just like Patterson, we didn't want him to touch the ball, so I. I wanted to hit this little driven ball, try to get it on the ground, just try to keep it out of his hands, and I kind of, I kind of slid into it, and I like popped it up, and he catches it, and then takes it, almost takes it to the house, you know, on the other side, and I come off, and I'm like, you know, just trying to run to the net, and McCarthy cuts me <laughs> off, and is just you know ripping into me, and then uh, then brings it up, you know, in the meeting the next day, and just kind of, uh, yeah, so that. That was one of the one of the worst that I that I still remember. But uh, yeah, I, I try to I try to fly under the radar as You're much right. as possible. <laughs> Does that go in the journal? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I want to go kind of inside the helmet with me, and if you don't mind, so let's let's go back to the Dallas game here. Okay. Um, uh, there was a I forget what the penalty was, but it was a 15 yard penalty allowed you guys to kick off from the 50. Yeah. Uh, trailing in the game at that point it seemed like a logical point for an onside kick, yeah. and, and you tried it. Uh, I wouldn't say it was the standard lineup for an onside kick, maybe trying to catch Dallas off guard. I, what is the best way to execute an onside kick? It seems like coaches are trying to get a little crafty with it and be a little more disguised with how they set it up. But yeah. but what's tried and true, is does, does that work better? I mean, what, what's your ideal onside kick? What, what, what's the best thing for you to do that you've been able to practice? You know, obviously I – uh, I hit a good – I feel like I hit a good, uh, you know, just one bounce high spike. Um, yeah, the one in the Dallas game, like when I hit it, I thought it was going to be – it was going to be significantly higher. Um, but when it hit the ground, it was weird. It just – I heard this like kind of deep, like almost like the ground just like absorbed the impact. And uh, kind of right there where we were at the 50, it was chewed up a bit. And I just think it just – it literally just, you know, took the, the bounce out of it. And so – didn't get up as high, but you know they they blocked it pretty well. Um, sometimes it's sometimes it's better to kind of spread your guys out a little bit, and uh, so so that you know there are some seams, and you can kind of find uh, find some seams in their blocking. So just to give you the idea, the return team what they're doing is that that front line. You know, Jason Witten is standing there; he's the guy that's supposed to catch the ball. So the front line's supposed to just just go block. They're not even mm-hmm. like thinking about about recovering it and so 
they blocked us up and uh, there just were no seams to get through I didn't quite hit it you know as high but uh, you know whenever I hit that ball high like we did in you know Detroit game last year uh, you know we were able to boom boom like when Calvin tried to catch it I think Demarius hit him and uh, able to recover that one so that's kind of the hope is that you can just find a seam have a guy run through and Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's just a, you know, you, you hope that you have a 50-50 ball. I mean, because, uh, you know, the recovering, the receiving team has the advantage there. We're just trying to, we're hoping that uh, that you get a funky bounce, something happens where we get a chance to at least, uh, you know, at least contest it. So when when you're on the field pregame, yeah. do you come out of pregame communicating to Coach Zook or McCarthy what your range is for that day going in either direction based upon the conditions of that day? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, every day is different. Uh, like, so in the Dallas game, I think going north, my yard line, just that you know normal situation to get to, the wind was kind of going that way a little bit, was, uh, was the 38-yard line. So if we got to 38-yard line, which would have been a 56-yard field goal, I felt – you know, felt confident that uh, that I'd make that. And then the other way, just with some of the footing, some of the, the wind wasn't bad, but uh, you know, it was a 35-yard line, so it was like a three-yard difference. Uh, you know, both directions, and and then and then the wind kind of shifted at the halftime, so I go back out at half, and I just kind of you know you know reaffirm those lines or give them different uh, different spots. So yeah, every every game's you know different. Sometimes it's even sometimes it's five ten yard difference on both sides uh usually i i feel comfortable that like i can i can hit a 50 yard field goal unless the wind's just howling like crazy and and i've gotten a little wiser over the years i uh i used to just try to crush a kick and see how far i could hit one you know all right oh yeah i can, I can make one from 60 and i'd be like yeah i'm good to go but now it's like i want to hit a a good ball and I want to be able to make that kick, you know, 90% of the time. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to give a line where I feel like it's a 50, 50 chance. I want it to be cause, cause they're counting on me to, you know, to give them that information. So if I go out there, some days just, you know, aren't going well. And it's like, eh, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to tell them I can hit a 56 yarder if it's uh, you know, they're just not going through in, in pregame. So I'll, uh, I'll really, I'm, I'm really diligent on that and make sure that uh, whenever I give them a line, I feel like that's going to, that's going to be a 90% or better, you know, make opportunity. The collection of all these field goals and, and extra points has led you to be the all time leading scorer for one of the most historic franchises in all of professional sports uh when it's said to you like that what does that mean to you man it's still yeah it still kind of hits me and it <laughs> gets me every time um obviously whenever i i re-signed here in the off season and uh knew i was gonna continue on with the packers and and continue to add to that uh i think i got emotional then and just uh yeah, it's so it's so special. I mean, I've, I've been so fortunate to play with, you know, play on teams like here with the Packers with you know great offense, you know, scoring a lot of points, a lot of opportunities, uh, and 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 I look at it as that. Like whenever I think about the points, I just think about my teammates. I think about the you know Aaron, you know, getting getting us down in position, Jordy, the. You know all the all the guys that just are a part of it. You know the the linemen that block for me, Brett and Tim, and uh, and and all all those guys. And it's just um, 
It's really special. It's something that will will be even even more special, I think, whenever I'm done. You know, whenever it's all said and done, and I'm I'm sitting around, I'm playing golf, and you know, talking to my <laughs> and you know, talking to the kids about uh, you know the the good old days playing for the Packers and uh, just uh, those those types of things. You know, it's it's not about getting my name in the record books. It's just about the the teammates and the guys and the and the and the teams that I've been able to play on and uh, and and then that you know that longevity just battling through things you know that's that's what it takes it's just there you do something long enough there's always going to be you know and you know an adverse situation there's going to be tough times and you just uh, it's it's how how do you respond how do you handle it and uh, you know I feel like you know, I feel like I, I I've handled it over the years, and I've uh, you know I've, I've rebounded and responded from uh, you know from a tough season in 2012, and uh, yeah, I'm really happy about that. It was 2012 was that the low point of, of your playing career? Do you believe? Yeah, the, the sports career, uh, sports wise, ever. I, you know, that was definitely the the lowest, and it was it was it, it like didn't make sense at times. You know, it was where it's just uh, I. I come in after a game and it was just like what like what was that you know it was like an out-of-body experience and uh and and like i said earlier just searching searching and uh when i finally just stopped searching and let go and said like i'm either i mean i'm going out swinging it's like it's either gonna it's not gonna not gonna happen and I, then i'm gonna be gone or it's gonna it's gonna turn around here and so i just kind of let go of that pressure, those expectations, and uh, you know all the all the stuff kind of weighing me down. And I still remember the God, what was it? This Tennessee Titans game, forty-eight yarder. Uh, it was a tough kick. It was a, it was one of the tougher ones. Really cold game, right around Christmas. And I think I banked it off the right upright, and it went in. And I was like, finally, finally a good bounce. You know, <laughs> finally something that worked out. And uh, at that moment, then, then I think I, you know, I went on a little run and, you know, and made, you know, made more kicks there, and uh, I didn't miss again that season. So that was uh, that's what turned it around, and I knew I knew right then, like if if I had missed that kick, that would that was probably going to be it. So uh, so those uh, th- that defining moment, and uh, you know, I I look at that year, and it's uh, it's just a it's something that I draw from all the time. What's the high point then? High point, obviously. Yeah, whenever you've been on a team that's won a Super Bowl, I mean, there's uh, there's no better feeling than that moment where you realize that game's over and uh, the confetti falls and uh, you start hugging your teammates and family comes out on the field and you're. Uh, yeah, I, I still remember the pictures with Nolan and and Molly and uh, and my family on the field uh, after that game and. Gosh, it was uh, it was special. So yeah, that uh, that was definitely a highlight in, in my in my playing career. Where's your ring? What, what do you do with it? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you wear your Super Bowl ring. I I've worn it. Gosh, I wore it the whole year after we got it. You know, <laughs> yeah, until it until off. somebody <laughs> until we didn't win the Super Bowl the next year, and someone else kind of claimed that uh, that title. It was like it was ours, you know. And yeah. then now it's just. I'm I want another one you know it's like I'm not I'm I won't wear like I wear it occasionally you know to special <laughs> events or things like that or, and then I show people a lot but uh it's literally like now it's, it's something just striving for like want to want to get another one I'll, I'll wear I'll wear another one as <laughs> whenever whenever we get the second uh you've brought up Nolan a couple of times here and uh, we talked about uh talked about him 
his name comes from one of your heroes growing up as a as a little Mason. Yes, yes, Nolan Ryan. So I my, I always give Molly a hard time. Like I, I I tried to play it off like you know I just love the name. You know <laughs> she she realized after the fact that it truly you know it was because of yes my uh, my childhood <laughs> uh, favorite baseball player and still. Yeah, someone I really uh, have you you know, admire, and I have. Yes, I got to meet him a couple of years ago at a at a charity event down in in Texas. So he actually lives in my hometown um, now, and uh, got to got to see him a few times, and just just a big man that just a presence, and uh, yeah. it was everything I'd hoped for. You know, just like just getting <laughs> to talk to him, and just his just everything he's about, and just uh, how he how he played the game, and just uh, you know just so much passion and just uh you know he he was you know he threw the through high heat sometimes and it got away from him and then he you know the whenever he got the guy in the headlock and you know got him, <laughs> like the, just all those and i had all his cards you know the the busted face you know where he got hit in the face and kept playing so uh he you know obviously my dad is uh is one of my you know my greatest heroes and someone that i you know uh look up to a ton and you know between those two uh and you know those those role models it's uh and just looking at their toughness the the way that uh you know they they handle their business and uh, like swear my dad I, I never heard my dad complain like i mean he traveled he you know he worked hard and he try to get to every game every you know everything he could of ours and uh never felt like he was gone because it would just uh he always made that effort and he was always uh you know always available so uh i i try to try to do that in my life try to be a dad like that and obviously yes i i've talked about nolan a bunch but uh i always i get scared to talk about my little girls because it's like (laughs) It's scary. It's scary. Scary being a dad of uh, of two little girls, just thinking about them growing up and uh, and you know their uh, their journeys and um, you know just trying to protect them and uh, and be a great dad for them. As so well. yeah, I'm, I'm working on that right now exactly. too. So I've got a, you know a two week old at home and a 21 month old at home. I know, man. Both both little girls. So <laughs> so my wife, we've now adopted the man to man style defense. Oh, yeah. We did have a nice two one zone going on Riley. Yeah, so, uh, so easy. I, I don't know how you do because now you're outnumbered. You and Molly, uh, the kids are staring at you like you, know, you guys are the bait now. I know <laughs> those stereotypes are like whenever you you know you talk to other people and like the the cliche like you know zone defense and the man to man and you're like. Oh yeah, we heard it, and then you get <laughs> into true. it, and you're just like, "This is." I mean, it is crazy. Like, you wish you had more arms. You like, you know, it's. You feel like they're collaborating behind the scenes on like how to, you know, how to drive you crazy. So uh, yeah, we we've been you know obviously this time of year gets busy, and it's like we have to have a babysitter every once in a while and things like that. And I'm pretty sure the kids were close to mutiny, you know, and our 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 babysitter is awesome. She's uh, she's amazing, and but they were they were literally I felt like they were at the point like if she comes over <laughs> like one more time this week. We're gonna we're gonna do something crazy. So we uh, you know we try to you know try to be aware of that, but uh, you know can't let those kids you know run the house. I think sometimes that that's the easy option is just say like all right, it's crazy, just let them you know go. But uh, you know I uh, I grew up in a house with uh, with a lot of a lot of discipline, a lot of love, and uh, you know I just make sure that 
that they know that I love them first uh, above all else, but uh, we're not going to you know act like hooligans all yeah, right, the time. <laughs> right. right. Uh, I'll be taking notes, by the way. Yeah, right. I, I need all the help I can get. Uh, before we let you go, I, I do want to talk about the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation yeah. uh, and your involvement there. It's, it's certainly how we have become friends, and, and I've always appreciated uh, being involved in that yeah. and having you be a part of it, too. I can also sense it in, in your teammates who uh, have chosen to be, be involved as yeah. players in the golf tournament. They enjoy it. Uh, when I talk to them, they say Mason's tournament is what they call it because <laughs> yeah. uh, I know you're, do, you're active in the recruiting process. I am. But I'm a recruiter. But what what has that meant to you to to get involved with the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation, specifically the Golf Classic? And um, I know that's a passion of yours as well, yeah. but it, it has a deeper meaning. Yeah, it really does. Obviously, uh, man, it's it's been awesome to see it you know transform and grow back to you know to what it is now and um and i do have to give obviously give a lot of thanks to you what you do with all the you know emceeing it and getting the word out and trying to you know get the involvement uh with it uh you know been a great partner there and then and then my teammates uh gosh the yeah the support that they show um you know some of them do it just blindly because I ask. Some of them do it because they've been affected by cancer, you know, and their families or friends, uh, relationships. And so whatever the reason, it's, uh, it's awesome that they show up, you know, and that's, uh, that's, all I, that's all I ask for is just, hey, guys, just, just show up. If you're gonna, and then especially if you tell me you're coming, like people are expecting it, just show up. And, uh, and they have. And I, I just, uh, you know, so appreciative of them um, to give of their time, and then all all the people that work for the foundation and uh, and and do all the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, it's a it's a year long thing. I mean, they're working tirelessly to to make sure that you know no one you know no one goes untreated. They're gonna like they're they're trying to raise money. They're trying to you know figure out better ways to raise money and uh, and and just to to help fight this you know this horrible disease. Uh, it's uh, it, it's pretty awesome to be a part of something there. You know we uh, there's there's cancer research, but there's also the the fight where they're given you know paying to get tools, paying for you know the the centers and all the the stuff where people are actually utilizing the you know the things that uh, the, that the money raised is going towards and that's uh those are the special things and and then getting to meet some of the the people that have gone through it and uh and really and and dealt with that and and then have benefited from uh from the Lombardi Cancer Foundation uh and and then like I said with with my teammates uh, being affected by it I mean I lost my my grandma to uh, my mimi to cancer um had had experienced it multiple times with other you know and other family members and uh, and friends and it's it's devastating and it's hard and uh you know we we've all been touched by it so we just uh the more i can do uh everything i can do to just you know keep supporting it and keep uh keep moving it forward that's uh that's my goal